Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast, episode 92. This is a podcast all about board games, card games, tabletop games, things of that sort. Uh, with me today, as usual, is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. Hi. Uh, so our music didn't play in my ears. Didn't play in mine either, and it really, I, like, got I, me out of the zone. I'm so I, sad. I know. I, I don't know why. I didn't test playing it beforehand, but I think I have the TV on mute, and I think my audition is running through my TV ah. right now instead of through, you know, the headphones. So I think that it's trying to play through the TV, but it's muted, and so it came through that way. We so, can, like, womp, womp. I can just sing it. do 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 I mean, close enough, I guess. Uh, close enough, <laughs> excuse me. So yes, welcome to the Maltas Games Podcast. Uh, now I do feel more energized, actually, so <laughs> solid, solid achievement there. Uh, Thanks. It is Sunday morning early before this episode's about to release for your ears. And uh, I'm not too tired today, but I'm pretty tired today. Yeah, we've been waking up about 5 every morning. but 5.15. On the weekends, we've been sleeping in until about 7, 7.15. And so today, we slept until 7.15. Been up for about an hour and a half for some of us. And uh, this morning, we're feeling kind of energized. We actually went to bed at a decent time. Um, We did. We were supposed to record this yesterday, but we've had some wrenches thrown in our plans. Yes. Uh, We went to... So it was actually a really good day. It wasn't a bad thing. No. They were not bad things that kept us from recording yesterday but we got up early of course we walked the marge we got ready we went to super Win, and we got bow we did get bow they have bow which is the i believe chinese name or the mandarin name for steamed buns which are absolutely phenomenal and amazing in almost every form and they have a vegetarian one that has like a mushroom filling. It's like mushroom, zucchini, and cabbage, and love. It's phenomenal. And then they, this is our first time to get them. We always look at them and say we're going to. We never do. But we, we also got- We never have cash on us. We it's never cash have only. cash. Yeah. And I told Haley, I want one of these sweet mung bean, because I love sweet red bean steamed buns. Those are one of my favorite desserts in the world. And they had sweet mung bean. And oh boy, it was delicious. Absolutely. And we got a- uh, deep fried banana too. That was good, but my goodness, was it deep fried? It was deep fried. It was basically banana fritter, and so you bit into it, and it's this big fritter, and the banana is like tiny, but God, yeah. it was delicious. It was really good, and I wish we would have got more of those bow, but mm-hmm. I could, would have just sat in the car and ate them all. Absolutely. Which would not have been that great. Then we went cavorting around, driving around a little bit. We did, and we went to Elk Valley Brewing. Uh, they were supposed to have a food truck there at twelve. And then at 2, but then it didn't open up until 3.15, so we just kind of sat there uh, having some brews. And at that point, like, we're on a semi-empty stomach. We've been drinking beverages. We're like, we can't leave anyway. Might as well wait for the food truck. It did take forever, but they also drove from Houston that day, like yesterday morning, left from Houston to get to Oklahoma City. And I don't know if, you know, driving through Texas, the highways are always under construction. Dallas Metroplex is always crappy to drive through. So who knows what got them delayed up, but it was really good food. It was really good. I got tacos. Delton got a burger. Then we got some, uh, was it buffalo chicken, quote buffalo unquote. Buffalo chicken loaded fries. Which, oh my God, it, Delton calls it dirty vegan food. And I, I agree. It's dirty vegan. It's like if you go on a diet, you're like, you know, I'm going to do healthy, 
healthy vegetables. It's a vegetable diet. It's going to be nice and healthy. And then the dirty version is like, yes, this is vegetables, but I've, you know, battered and deep fried them and done this and that. Made a cheese sauce. Yeah. So it was really good food. The burger was awesome. It was, I believe, an impossible burger with like an onion ring and some barbecue seitan. Really, really good. But it's the kind of thing that like you couldn't eat every day. Right. If you're like, if you want to maintain a sort of healthy diet, like that's not healthy food, but it was tasty. And, and it worth was it. vegan. It was also our only meal aside from the bow all day. Yes. By the time we ate that, like we ate all of it. We ordered one of everything on their menu, ate all of it, <coughs> and left at 4.30, came home, took a nap with the pets, and then went and had adventures last night. We did. I got, since I got my bike fixed, I took it to the bike shop whenever we went to Brian's house to play our first round of the Talisman RPG. Uh, the bike shop is right by his house, the one that I purchased my bike from, where I get uh, essentially free maintenance and everything. I only have to pay for parts if something has to be replaced. So they fixed my gear shifters. I can now shift gears again. So we got out on the bike last night, and Haley got back out on her longboard for the first time since her tendonitis. I got released from physical therapy. This is graduation week. I graduated from physical therapy on Monday. And now I can ride my longboard for up to 45 minutes at a time. As long as there is no pain, once I can go 45 minutes twice, I can amp it up. And that's what we did last night, uh, as well as standing around talking, talking to some neighbors. That we, so Western Oklahoma, Yep. it just, like, it's such a small world, this world, because everywhere we go, we meet someone from Western Oklahoma, and there's neighbors that are two streets away, and it turns out, like, my mom worked with him back in the 90s for Dobson Cellular Company. Uh, mm-hmm. Her family grew up in the area, same area as my one of our best friends. What and was it? His sister-in-law is His sister-in-law is my cousin. Like We made all these random connections. Like This guy has been in my life since 1991, and we just never met each other. We've also lived in the same neighborhood for the last eight, seven, eight years, yeah. and we just now started meeting uh, due to the pandemic. So. Yep. It was fun. So yeah, we had, it was good things yesterday. Good things that like we talked with them in the street for probably like 45 minutes. Very nice family. Very nice nice family. family. Very intelligent kids. And so, yeah, it was good things that kept us behind. It was a really a good day. We had to accept that sometimes we lose track of time, but it was all for positive experiences that we enjoyed. It really was. It was a great weekend. And I guess it's still going technically. Last night felt like Sunday. It did. I felt like I had to wake up put on my slacks and some kind of button down that I hate and go back to work because I don't have any button downs I like aside from my plaid and those aren't always appropriate in the summer. But yes, it was a good weekend. Here we are now. Uh, I guess we should talk about the drink. Oh, yes. So this morning. Because it's 8.51 (laughs) a.m. Yes. And yesterday after sitting, which I mean, drinking for us, I had two and a half beers. Belton had two beers. I had less than two beers. I had he a 12-ounce beer and then two four-ounces. That's true. I had two 12-ounces and one four-ounce. So, like, heavy drinking for us is two and a half beers over a four-hour period. Yes. But I woke up this morning and I was like, I do not want any alcohol in my cup. No, not today. Not after the the, the beer mixed with the meal we had is one of those things that, like, my stomach's just not used to that anymore. Because we're 30. Because we're 30, and we've been vegan for so long, trying to eat healthy, that anything that's too fried or something just really pulls me down. And so I took our Aldi coffee this morning, and I made it fancy. She did make it fancy. Which which is this the Guatemalan bean or the... This is the Peruvian bean. Peruvian bean. And what I did was I put in probably about a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon, and then about three drops of vanilla. 
before I poured the water in. Now, the thing is with the vanilla, mm-hmm. I know we typically let the water cool a little bit before you pour it over the coffee grounds. You want to let it cool a little more because that vanilla will scorch. And yeah. so I did that, and we have a lovely cinnamon vanilla Peruvian coffee this morning paired with something else. So instead of doing a second drink today, we have something special for you guys, but mostly for us because we're excited to it's eat It's special these. for us. We get to eat it. <laughs> uh, but yes, the coffee is very good. The vanilla is not too strong. It's very light. I think the cinnamon comes out more than the vanilla does, mm-hmm. but neither one you overdid. So I commend you for that because it's easy for me. I'm like, I'm going to make this taste like this, and then that's all it tastes like. Thanks. I ha- it has like the, the initial taste is vanilla, the aftertaste is cinnamon. It's layered. It's really nice, though. I think you should do this for the next pot. I can do that. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. It's good. It's really good. Now, do you want to introduce our second item for today's episode, Delty? I sure can. The second item for today's episode, we're going to go ahead and do it, uh, is a maple cream filled maple cookie from Trader Joe's that happens to be accidentally vegan. Blessed. Now, depending on if any of you are vegan or vegetarian, depending on your level, like how like how critical you are, this does have the warning may contain because it's made in a factory that also handles other things. Um, we've had friends that don't eat things that have may contain. We've never been bothered by may contain as long as it's not a proven thing that it's in there. Right. It's like there might be a trace amount in one batch. Who knows? I, I don't pay attention to that. But we try our best. We do try our best, but this looks absolutely great. It, it smells, smells like maple syrup. It smells like real maple syrup. And so just to describe it, it's two little leaf cookies. Well, I say little. Like a serving size is one cookie. They're so big. Yeah. There's two leaf cookies. Yeah, maple And then leaves. probably about a quarter inch of this beautiful cream in between. Uh, mine's really thin on one side and really thick on the other. Mine's really thick all around. T-H-I-C-C. Yeah. But has that delicious, like if you ever have a donut with maple frosting, it's that kind of a maple smell. It, it smells like actual maple. It does. It smells delicious. I'm going to try it now. Mmm. That's a real good cookie. Extremely sweet frosting. Mm-hmm. The It's extremely sweet, but it's not overly sweet for me. The frosting is extremely sweet. The cookie's not. The cookie's not. The cookie reminds me of, what are those cookies? It's like a, is it a shortbread? It's that like really kind of crumbly. I wouldn't don't want to say buttery because there's no butter in this, but it kind of falls apart. It's nice and simple. It's flaky. Good crunch to it. A really good cookie with a really nice creamy soft filling. Excuse us, guys. We're gonna eat this cookie first. This is really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would want more than one or two in a sitting at most. Which is not a bad thing because they're like 120 calories a piece. That's true. We've been trying to limit our dessert intake. Like, worry. I know we have like a podcast that reviews beer. We're really not big drinkers, but man, we are dessert people. I have a new goal of limiting my desserts to a serving an evening. We always have dessert with dinner, whether it be a small piece of dark chocolate, a couple of Oreos. It's just like we're going to have fun, right? But I'm wanting to make further strides toward a healthy lifestyle, pushing it further than we already are by finally getting back to working out because I feel much more motivated in these past couple weeks since everything's getting back to normal. Work is getting back to normal. And I just feel like I'm in a good headspace. And part of that is I have to quit saying, I want dessert. I'm going to eat a bajillion Oreos because that's probably my biggest like downfall with my eating is dessert. I think more than anything else, dessert is my problem. So working on that, these cookies are great, though. One of them is a great dessert, but I can do it 
as long as I stick to one serving each day during the week, on one weekend, I can have two servings in a day. So that's today. I get one cookie in the morning, and then this evening I can have a serving of, like I've been measuring out my ice cream, my, you know, almond milk ice cream. Not even measuring, like putting it in in this, like, half cup. He has been weighing it by grams. It says 109 grams or two-thirds of a cup. It is 109 grams of ice cream. Yep. That was a really good cookie. It was a really, really good cookie. I want to eat the whole box at once. But I don't know if we said it's Trader Joe's. Yes, Trader Joe's. We went for like the second time ever, and it was all right. It didn't blow me away, but we're also used to going to different grocery stores that aren't your standards. I mean, we go to Super Count to Win all the time. We go to Aldi all the time. We go to Aldi all the time. We go to Sprouts, Natural Grocers. We're used to stuff that's not just Target and Walmart. So Trader Joe's was good. They had a lot of stuff that's accidentally vegan, which is very cool. It was just busy, and people were not liking moving in a fluid motion down the aisles and not saying, excuse me, may I squeeze by, and they just try to bully their way in, at least that one lady. <laughs> but it's fine. We survived, and we'll and just... we found these great cookies. So the stars aligned for us at our adventure. The stars aligned. With that being said, I say we move to this game to get this going. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So today's game is one that Delty gave me for our anniversary. Uh, I think so. He he buys me so many gifts. I buy you stuff a lot. It, it's really sweet of him. Uh, but the problem is I can't remember what gift goes to which significant event. So I can't either. Cleocatra, which is a very punny name for a game, is a game where you are trying to rescue cats. Yes, you are rescuing cats in ancient Egypt. Cleocatra is published by Sunrise Tornado Game Studio. The designer is Tate Wu. He also designed Cat Sudoku that we have had on the podcast before. Not exactly sure. Oh, episode number 57, if you want to listen to that. He also designs the one that is legitimately just Cat Rescue. And I haven't picked that up because Haley thinks she'll be sad about it. But that's the one where you're rescuing cats off the street and you have to like take them to the shelter. But if something happens and the shelter's too full, you just don't. So it's like you have to let them go, which is kind of sad. So I have never played it, but it looks to be another one that's fun. I think that Tate Wu either A, knows the marketability of cats, or B, is just a cat lover, or C, both. You know? Uh, the... I feel like there's a huge overlap between, like, cat people and board gamers. Definitely. Well... I feel like most cat people appreciate that cats are simple and they don't take too much work. And it's like, oh, I appreciate this, I appreciate that. And they tend to be, in my experience, sort of introverted, you know what I mean, people. And I feel like sort of introverted people lean more towards board games, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I may be completely wrong and have no stats to back this. It's like the the meme where it's uh, knocking over dominoes. It's like, yeah, introverted, board games to cats, or board game... Theme cat cat theme board games. There, there you go. we go. Board game themed cats. Board game themed cats. I've Come here, had... little Catan. Come here. <laughs> Get over here, little Viticulture. That's what we need to do. Uh the artist for Cleocatra is Kayami. Sorry. Yeah, Kayami. I don't know why I thought I pronounced that wrong. I think that's correct. Um Cleocatra, I picked it up on sale from Miniature Market, which is out of St. Louis. It's one of the online retailers I use. However, I'm gonna switch tabs on my internet. You can purchase it. From Taiwan Board Game Design, it is tbdgames.com. This is where one year I ordered Haley like three games at once. 
it took a while and it got stuck at the post office because of customs. You have to go in and pick it up and like declare what it is. And it had all kinds of stamps from ports and all kinds of little notes from going through the different customs. However, I like supporting uh, Taiwan Board Game Design because they are essentially a distributor and publisher and is actually on the box for Cleocatra because they help get these games out from Japan and China and Taiwan and send them this way to the West. And I really like it. They have a lot of very cute games, including Cleocatra, including Cat Sudoku, T-Rex's Holiday, and a whole bunch of other games, which is really cool. So yes, Cleocatra, to get to the game itself, it is a very simple game of essentially, not really area control, but kind of. Now we have only played this two player and it goes from two to four. I think it would be better with more players, I do, but the way the game is going to work is uh, for setup, each player is going to reveal one of the little triangle pyramid tiles, which has a cat on it. Cats are of four different colors. There is green, blue, orange, pink, and then there's a special Cleocatra in yellow. You will, for setup, each player reveals one and puts one of their three uh, rescuers on that tile. They have to stay connected together, so they have to be touching another side of another pyramid. And from there, on your turn, you can either place a new pyramid tile out or move an existing one that doesn't have anybody on it. Then you can place a worker out. Uh, and then you have the ability to score as an action instead, which is where essentially you pick one of your rescuers and the tile under them, as well as touching the three sides of that tile, since they're all triangular, you score points based on the different colors of cats in that area, and if you have any other rescuer meeples next to the one you're using as a scoring meeple, if that makes sense. So it's kind of area control and kind of moving the board around a little bit to get stuff in better position for you to get more points. First person to hit 23 points triggers the end of the round. Once that round is finished and everyone has had equal turns, the game is over. And the highest points win. There are advanced rules in the game, which we got to play with last night in prep for this. The advanced rules are each cat has its own special thing. The Cleocatra cat, you get an extra point if you score based off her. If you score with a rescuer on her, the blue cat can be moved even though there's people on it. The orange cat allows you to put the investigators out. And what the investigators are, when you score a tile and you say, I'm using this rescuer to score, these ones are helpers, I'm making this many points, the tile that you chose as your scoring tile, like the center of your area, you have to put an investigator. There's three in the game. That investigator means you cannot score on that tile with the investigator. So you have to go score elsewhere, and once all three investigators are out, if somebody scores again, then you just pick one to move to that tile. So... It's a pretty simple game. It only takes 15 to 20 minutes to play, maybe at most. We could be much faster, but I was like confirming rules, getting used to the special abilities. And I was sleepy. And we were both extremely exhausted last night. I was a skateboard kid for 45 minutes, so. She was. We also bought her a new helmet that's actually a good helmet. We went to Zoomies, which is funny. It's a friggin' shoe store in the mall. However, they have real helmets that are made for adult peoples. And I didn't realize how tired I would be. I was like, we'll, we'll play the game after we get back from... From skateboarding around, I got back and I'm like, oh my god, my bedtime was five hours ago at six o'clock. Exactly. So even though being tired, we got through the game. I won by like three points, I think. Mm -hmm. I think I had 26 to your 23. Uh, but it's a pretty neat little game. It's not my favorite. And I think that's because we're playing two player. Yes, I, I agree with Delton. I think that playing with three or even four players would be a lot more fun. I also don't think it would add that much to the game. Like add that much uh, time. time. 
Yeah. I don't think it would either. And one thing about adding more players is each triangular tile can only hold two different color rescuers. So when you have more than two players and you're like, hey, I'm on the, I'm going to move this guy to the Cleocatra tile. And you're like, oh, me too. No, somebody else can't do that. One of us have to score or move that off, right? So I feel like the game's going to change at three to four to be a little more like, get, I got there first, I move here. It's going to be a little more chaotic. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So I would really like to play it that way. But it's a really simple game. The decision spaces aren't gigantic. It's simple to grasp. And if you don't play with the advanced rules, like you could play this with a fairly young child. I was just thinking that. I, I could see us playing this with like an eight-year-old. I yeah. know it says uh, like age 10. But like Dalton said, if you don't play with the advanced rules, you can play it with someone a lot younger. And the advanced rules, they would be one you could introduce a single one at a time. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you've played five or six games, you've got all the advanced rules down. And then it's just nothing to continue from there. Super easy. So, yeah, it's a game that I enjoyed. It's not my all-time favorite, but I think that we're playing it at probably its worst play count. Yeah. And so I, that's something to take into consideration, but I do enjoy the game. I think it's a very cute theme. Yes, it is. And I think the game's just, it's simple. It's a nice, simple, light, let's bust it out, play for 10 to 15 minutes, have a fun time. It's a good palate cleanser. It is a good palate cleanser. But speaking of really cute games. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. We're going to move into the topic today because the game was simple enough that there wasn't too much that needed to be said in discussing it itself. And so we are moving into talking about cat games in general because this game is a part of that. I made a list of all the cat games that we own. So, of course, we have Cleocatra in our cat game ca uh, category, cat game collection. Our category. In our cat category. There you go. So, first on the list is Calico, which was on episode 74 of this podcast, if you want to listen to that. Basically, you are making some quilts with some buttons to attract more cats to come lay on your quilts. Perfect. That's a good little descriptor. We have T-Rex's Holiday. Which is basically a roll and write where you're trying to fill in numbers to... Uh, Create these little trains and little pathways for your kitty cats and your doggy dogs and your other little furry friends to have adventures on your little roll and write pad. But then it throws a wrench into the system with the T-Rex die. It does. Bum bum. We also have Cat Lady. Cat Lady is whenever you are trying to coerce street cats to come live with you by offering their favorite food. You have Cat Sudoku, which is the other Tate Wu design. Which is basically Sudoku that I suck at. Really bad, but you roll these dice and you try to fit in the numbers, and I just, I, I am so bad at it. I am so bad at it, but I love this game so much. <laughs> you have Festival of a Thousand Cats. Where you are trying not to get too drunk on sake and collect good food to have a good festival of kitty cats. Exactly. I really love the design in that game. We have, uh, this one's kind of cat-themed. It's Kung Fur Fight. Where one of you is a cat, one of you is a dog. And you are using your special monk or ninja powers to try to overpower the other one in a very zen way. Yes, very fun game. Uh, Felicity, the cat in the sack. It is a secret betting game where you are trying to basically screw the other players over. In our case, last time we played it, we, we accidentally screwed Sarah over every single time. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're trying to get the most points, get the most golden kitties, and not to get a whole sack of crap. Yeah, you don't want the sack of crap. 
That's bad. Uh, we have, I guess it was a Kickstarter, Communist Cats. Where you are playing communist kitties who are trying to go through the ranks of the communist kitty party and come out on top. Very close to love letter for a, a stylistic example. We have Exploding Kittens, which most people know of. It is a game by the dude who did the oatmeal, and you are trying to collect points and not have exploding kittens. There's lots of nopes in it. There's lots of nopes. Very goofy game. Uh, we have Kitty Paw. That's the one where you're yes. building. It's basically these little box-shaped weird cats, and it's like, match this design. Go, and you have it's to a race. spatial reasoning game. It is a spatial reasoning game. That my kids in my office friggin' love. It's difficult. It can be very difficult. Uh, we have Cobra Paw. Which is a basically like domino game where you're trying to get the different sides of the dominoes to match other sides of dominoes. And you also have to put your paw up like kitty paw and be a cobra cat. Yeah, you basically roll dice. It gives you two symbols. You have to find the domino with those two and you have to use one finger to yeah and get your hand on it and collect it. I'm sure you guys can now tell why Dalton is the one who introduces the game every episode by my <laughs> descriptions. <laughs> Maybe just a little. Just a little bit. Uh, the last one I have on here, which isn't quite, le- quite that it's the theme, but there are cats in the game, which is My Little Scythe, because two of the characters, like one of the factions you play are cats. Yes. So I threw that in there as well. So there's lots of cat-themed games, and part of it is we really enjoy cats, which is fun, but part of it is... Uh, there's some really good games that people have just given cat themes. Absolutely. But there are also some that I cannot play, like the one that Delton was talking about where you're rescuing cats and some get left behind. Yep. There's also Kittens in a Blender. I will never buy that game. I will never play that game. I don't care if it really is has nothing to do with Kittens in a Blender. I, that game can, can, can burn in the fiery depths of the core of Earth. I do not want to play it. <laughs> Which is completely fine. I only like cat games that are sweet and where the kitties turned out okay at the end. And I don't want to feel responsible for kitties getting lost. Yeah, that would be bad. And so, like, I'm very selective in my cat games, but I also love cat games, which is why I have about 40 billion of them. We have a good amount of cat games, but there is something about that cat game theme that, I don't know, I guess it's because you can have cute artwork, it can be family friendly, anybody can like it. And then after that, it just depends on the gameplay. It's also very marketable on the internet. It is very marketable. The internet loves cats. They always have and they always will. It's like whenever they had the internet vote for the new Monopoly piece. And of course the internet chose the cat. Of course they chose the cat. And it's true, but there's there's a lot of different cat games out there. All of the ones we have, uh, I mean, I enjoy all of them. You know, there's some that are better than others. Some of them top the charts and some of them are just, you know, good games, but if they're still in my collection, it's either because I haven't got to play it enough to make a decision or because I want to keep it. So that's where we're at. With that being said, let's move to the question of the episode. And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special bite-sized question. So the question for today's episode is quite simply, what is your favorite cat game? I love T-Rex's Holiday. I love it so much. You're just bringing all the cats on adventures. You don't have to worry about some kitties not being fed. You don't have to worry about some kitties not being rescued. All the kitties are there having a good time. You're just there to make their time even more great. And I love it. Even though that T-Rex die throws a wrench in your plans all the time. I feel like I've used that saying like 14 times this episode. And I apologize. It's okay. Uh, but it is super fun. Like I said, you're just making an even better time for these kitties who are already living their best life. You are decorating their little kitty condos. Uh, making their train go choot-choot and having a good time. 
it is a good one. I think for me, I kind of have two answers here. I have the game that I feel like I need to play more, or I have the game that I want to play more the most. Then I have the game that just right now I consider my favorite of our cat-themed games. Tell me about these games. So the one I consider right now my favorite cat-themed game is Calico. Because Calico is, it's a super difficult game, but it's fun, it's super puzzly, and there's also cats because you're trying to get them to come to your quilt for points. Calico is super, super fun. It's always a similar experience when we play it in a good way, and I just like it. I think it's solid. The other game, which is the one I want to play the most, and part of that is because I want to like really figure it out, is Festival of a Thousand Cats. Mm-hmm. I love the artwork on the game so much. It's I guess I didn't realize that it's kind of a trick-taking game in a way, just a little different, but I just it, it it's got something about it that's like endearing to me, where the cats are trying not to have too much to drink, but they're trying to get all the good fish, and it's adorable. I absolutely love the box artwork, the card artwork. And so that one's one that I just really want to play more to get good at. Right. Yeah. So I feel like your problem with the game is that you drink a lot in it. I think that's always been your downfall every time you've Probably. not come out on top. Because it's like if you drink a little, you get multipliers to your points. But if you drink too much, you don't get anything. Basically, you throw up all of your points. Essentially, yeah. If you drink too much, you throw up all of your fish that you've been eating, which is amazing. We've all been there. Maybe. <laughs> but I love that one. So those are good. But cat games are just fun. They really are. And I love it too. They're, they're really special for me because I feel I think that every cat game has been one that Delton has bought for me. And he's picked up a bunch that I've never heard of. He's also like whenever we go to BGGCon, he's picking out cat games for us to play together. And so for me, they, they hold more significance too because every single one I feel like has been purchased for me with a purpose and with a lot of thought. And so I appreciate it, Delton. You're welcome. I like buying you gifts, and I like playing games, and so cats and games go together well for gifts for you that I can enjoy. I like gifts, and I like games, and I like you. Hey, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) What a nerd. (laughs) Well, we should do our shout-out real quick, Delta Poo. We should. So thank you so much to our Patreon patrons. You all are amazing in supporting the podcast month in and month out, keeping us going and helping us upgrade equipment whenever we can, which hopefully this year. We will be upgrading our microphone cables and potentially making a microphone swap to get even higher. Basically, the 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 height of the quality that I can achieve with an understandable budget. <laughs> but thank you so much, Patreon backers. Those are going to be Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Cliff, and Jennifer. Thank you so much for supporting us at the level in which you get shouted out on the podcast There are also shout-outs on social media in which I missed a couple, but I caught up recently on one, and I'm going to catch up again before the end of the month, and we're going to make it work. But if you would like to be like them and check out the different levels of our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash malthousegames, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. Be sure as well to head on over to malthousegames.com, where you can not only find a link for our Patreon, but you can find info about us, about our favorite games, the hot games in our minds right now, as well as a page of all the games we've covered on the podcast and review videos. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the show, or just for us in general, feel free to either DM us on any social media, or you can send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. And then be sure to follow us on all social media, that way you have access to those DMs, as Haley loves. Uh, you can find us anywhere on social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. We are by far the most active on Twitter, trying to become more active now that this year is finally starting to let us breathe and 
kind of re-enter into life, even in our own heads. Uh, we also post a lot of stuff on Instagram, all of our photos, but Twitter is where you're going to get the most contact. With all that being said, I think the episode is complete now. Be sure to go pet a cat in response to the episode. Absolutely. They need it. They need all the attentions. Steve's literally dying right now. He's probably laying outside of this computer room door on his side with one paw reaching under, just like, help. Because <laughs> he's a turd. Mother, father, why have you abandoned me? He'll be okay, though. But yes, so until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.